0: Is that better? Yes and no.
1: <laughs> You're not very helpful here.
0: <laughs> Are you on edge right now? Is your phone
1: on edge? I'm not using my phone.
0: Is your phone anywhere near... Yes. ...the
1: microphone? Let orbit. me toss it away. Okay, I tossed it across the room.
0: Okay. Because it was doing... I was, It was like picking up something. And I know edge. when it's on edge... <laughs> that's when it happens
1: really okay yeah okay well, Was it if on it's, edge or not i don't know no, i'm, just, I'm asking on, you it's on wi-fi i don't know what to tell you then if the phone is five feet away from me is that a safe is that the safe zone i don't hear it now welcome to the podcast <laughs> are we starting
0: <laughs> have we started the show already is that what you're saying
1: i don't know what i'm saying
0: because I can, I need to spit my gum out if we would started. Ah, uh, what kind of gum? I don't even remember. It's green, minty, fresh, something. You don't, you don't remember. You just stick things in your mouth. <laughs> Looking at what it is, I, it's. I know it's gum. I don't remember the brand. Extra is that a brand? Maybe it's extra. I think that's a brand. Let's go with extra. But I, I don't. I don't uh, consider this some sort of endorsement of this kind of gum. Nor is this product <laughs> placement or sponsorship. It's just I, a brand me, I can remember. I,
1: I would never endorse any type of gum because I am a strict non-gum chewer. i tell you what kind of gum I would endorse. There's only one
0: brand of gum, and I don't think it exists, but there is only one brand of gum I would okay. endorse. Okay. It is gum that was made by Peppy Foods. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Peppy Foods, yes. I agree with you. If Peppy Foods came out with a gum line, I would buy a pack every day. <laughs> every day Peppy Foods.
0: Yeah, every day. I have no idea if they have a brand of gum or not, but if they don't, they should. I don't even know if
1: Peppy Foods is national. It doesn't matter. I would drive to Florida and buy Peppy Foods. <laughs> you wouldn't have to drive to Florida. But- you could just maybe mail order it. I
0: wouldn't I would, there's probably a better way of getting it.
1: Maybe, but then I want to get to meet the Peppy Foods people. Well, they have trucks; they should deliver them to you. Oh, okay. So they would bypass UPS and FedEx <laughs> and just drive to my house, right? They would drive from
0: from Florida all the way to I, Nebraska.
1: I think. I, I think. I hand it to them, especially since like a pack is you know I don't even know how much gum costs nowadays. nowadays, I assume a pack's like what uh, twenty five cents. <laughs> No, I mean more than that. I'm sure a pack is
0: like okay, a dollar, a dollar, a dollar twenty. Well, it means Peppy Foods. We're talking premium quality oh, gum. You're
1: right. You're right. If it's anything like their coffee, where their coffee a drop of their coffee will last you, what do we say? Like 24 hours. <laughs> uh, then one stick of gum should last you. like a month.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, but you're but in spite of that, you're going to buy a pack a day. So you're you're essentially saying to them,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. that
0: you're going to buy. Three hundred and sixty-five packs a year.
1: I'm. It's it, food. It's essentially becoming Willy Wonka, where they're just creating these <laughs> <laughs> these incredible foods that there's there's you know no human being <laughs> has even the right to, to drink it or chew it. It's amazing.
0: Exactly. I'm just trying to think of like if it's worth because so let's say it's a dollar. 50 per pack of gum so we're looking at it's 550 ish dollars i'm not good at math (laughs) for a year's worth of gum is it worth it for them to drive 365 packs of gum to your house
1: if they're uh getting endorsed on this podcast and possibly possibly they want to keep their loyal customers intact (laughs) i just i know okay i'm sorry but now all i'm thinking about is peppy river where Peppy River? Su- what is yeah, a Peppy River? At Willy Wonka's factory. Uh-oh. Yeah, and somebody, somebody sticks their head in and starts <laughs> taking, you know, slurps of the, their coffee. And the, uh, instead of getting sucked up, I think they would just die.
0: They would explode because you, would can't, explode. you can't drink more than one like, like a drop.
1: Or, or they become bronze statues. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a they, they created, like, that uh, monument out front that is, that is in fact, the people who have drank out of the river.
0: Well, it's suddenly it's like the witch's castle in Narnia, where it's, like, all the different statues of the yes. people that that the witch has turned into statues.
1: Okay, so are you saying Pepe is a witch? No, I
0: am not saying that. You're the one who suggested oh, no, that no. Pepe, did,
1: drinking Pepe not, turns people
0: did, into bronze statues.
1: I did you... not bring Narnia into discussion. <laughs> Okay, we're playing Narnia. Okay. So what are we doing
0: here? We're, I think we're doing a podcast, and I feel as though maybe we've already begun. So perhaps we should tell anyone who's actually listening, (laughs) which by this point I would assume, and I would almost hope it's no one. (laughs) I really hope. (laughs) It's it's us, because I think it'll just be you and me over and over again listening to the show. Which, by the way, by the way, your name is Aaron. Yes. I'm Aaron Nix. And my name is. Go ahead. No, your name is. My name is Carlin Trammell. And this is what we're calling the Pod, James Pod Podcast. (laughs) So, what I see this as being is an in depth look at every last James (laughs) Bond film that has ever been made.
1: Sorry. It's already funny. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so we are like six seven minutes in and i feel like we've already gotten to the the already m- halfway there <laughs> <laughs> we've already gotten to like the essence of the movie that we've covered for this episode
1: yeah so with the podcast carlin and i we've discussed we want to do hopefully one episode per month so what do we have 24 movies right now so, hey, hopefully
0: but, uh, but but that is not a promise. That is oh, yeah, no that's way not a promise.
1: Oh no, no no no! It's just a goal. It's just so like a you're you're guaranteed at least two years of this podcast, <laughs> and maybe two <laughs> years and one month if it lasts to the new movie. That's so, that's correct. Some, something to look forward to. And you're not really oh. guaranteed that. I think I think
0: you said guaranteed, but you're not really guaranteed. Okay, that because okay. you're right. Because we're only eight minutes in we well, might God. we might give up we might stop we might be like
1: I'm done talking to you Aaron I might just get sick of James Bond no <laughs> I mean that's that's less likely to happen than me just getting sick of you <laughs> well
0: I guess that's, that's a possibility
1: <laughs> I mean that's fair right I mean James Bond's been around we're obviously both fans so well
0: I don't think it's obvious to anyone yet I mean just because we started okay. a podcast about it doesn't mean it's we're, obvious we're, we're fans they know Jack Squat yeah we, we and,
1: I mean okay so just to clarify we you and I are both we're probably you know we're heavily invested into James Bond culture we've all seen we've seen all the movies multiple I don't, times I mean we've I don't seen know all the yes.
0: movies multiple times
1: I don't know if we you know we'd call ourselves experts because you know i've never I haven't really you know to be an expert I've played the James Bond Seen it board game, and that's one <laughs> hell of a game. That is a tough mother a
0: game. I have uh, never played that game. I wish yeah. I
1: had. Okay, so I got it for Christmas one year from my family, just because you know my all my family is a, they're James Bond fans. Grew up as a James Bond fan. They gave it to me for Christmas one year. Thinking, oh, let's play this as a whole family. Right. We stick we stick the DVD in. We we start it. Oh, you we clean made...
0: house. You clean house. No, 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 no,
1: no, no. We. As a whole, as a family, we maybe got ten out of a hundred questions right. Really? I mean, granted, this was back in like oh five or oh six, whenever those games were coming out, and it was the toughest game I've ever played. So, I
0: remember a single question that they asked.
1: I, you know, I, I'd have maybe for another episode, I'll, I'll do like a, do a, James Bond, seen it question, and see if. You know, one of us can answer it.
0: That's a great idea. That, or maybe we're going to make release. an entire episode.
1: Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Seen it questions. We can just we'll we can just steal their questions. They they won't yeah. mind. The people at Seen It will love that. We're we're endorsing them. So, <laughs> uh, brought to you yeah. by Peppy Foods and Seen It.
1: So no, I I would not call myself an expert because to be an expert, I think you have to, you know, get at least ninety five percent of all those questions right.
0: Do you think it's 95? Do you think that's the uh, mark?
1: Isn't that the <laughs> scientific way? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, I don't. I don't know what a, expert is. I'm just throw numbers out there. I'm just throwing numbers out I there. mean, I would, I would say
0: you'd be all right with 90%. I don't think it has to be 95.
1: Okay, okay. 90. 90. Yeah. We'll go. We'll that's, go an, with...
0: that's an A on most grading scales.
1: 90? Yeah. It always, it always took me like a 94 to get an A.
0: It depended. Depending I, on your student or, your, or your teacher.
1: Apparently you went to a really easy school.
0: <laughs> I went to, yeah. Or do, hey, do you want to talk about my school or do you want to talk about James Bond?
1: Let's talk about James Bond at your school <laughs> because I have lots of experience with that. My,
0: James Bond was never at my school of 400 people in small town Illinois. James Bond never showed up there. So. In fact, in fact, I dare say, in fact, just to give you give a little background, I, I mean, we can talk about this too, or we don't have to, but I am, I am actually, in the grand scheme of my life, I've only been a James Bond fan for the back half of my life. I did not grow up a fan of these movies. I did not grow up as a young kid and into high school enjoying these movies. In fact, the first movie I ever saw was the movie that we're covering for this episode.
1: <laughs> Are we getting to that now?
0: <laughs> I was trying to transition. I was, tra- I was like, no, how good. can I do it? And I figured out a way. I did. So
1: you're saying that you have no nostalgic feelings?
0: Nothing before, like, because 95, yeah, I think 95 was when Goldeneye came out. Correct? 95, 96? Correct. Yep. I don't remember. I didn't, look, I didn't 95, research 95, it.
1: 95 is the official hey I know that. that because I'll tell you later on the episode.
0: Okay. I can't wait. So 95. <laughs> it's a little,
1: teez- it's a little teaser. Ooh,
0: somebody was just getting ready to turn this episode off and they're like, oh no, I'm <laughs> staying on. <laughs> oh, 95 was, I would have been in uh, college at the time, university as some people call it.
1: What do you should to did you go to school in England
0: <laughs> I'm just I don't no idea do who's listening to the show I'm trying to be I'm
1: trying to reach everyone well, well you we are talking about James Bond here yeah. in English enterprise so okay you went to university
0: <laughs> I went to university uh, yeah so ninety five I was in university i so that's uh i that's when I first watched a James Bond movie. I think I had seen a few minutes of gold knot or Goldfinger before that. But I caught it like near the end, and I didn't know what was going on, and I just I could never. I think part of it too was like it was a little on the violent side, and you know, like there was the the sex and all that stuff. So when I was really young, I, I just I don't think my parents yeah. exposed me to it, and then and then I just never had any. I don't know. I think I think just part of it was like I didn't want to watch old movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. But so who who did somebody inspire you to watch? Goldeneye, or did you go see that with somebody? No, I think
0: it was one of those things where I just... I, I felt like it was a hole in my collection of interests. And and uh, it had been so long since there had been a Bond movie, because I think the previous one was 89 with uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, License to Kill. yeah, Dalton's second and last movie. The previous one had been so long that, that GoldenEye... <laughs> When it was marketed, it was almost marketed as a jumping on point. Like this yeah. is you know, this is Pierce Brosnan, this is a new bond. It's a it was like it was almost it was like this revamping. Was, Yeah, this was the place to come in. And in fact, you know, it was a new M, it's a bond for a new uh totally. co- post cold war bond. Totally. And so, and so yes. I looked at it as, you know what, if I'm gonna get in, I'm this is a place to start. And so that's what great I did. Place I, I jumped in and I started with Goldeneye, and that's what we're covering today.
1: Well, that that is a, I think, I think you did it the right way. If there was one movie to start with, especially if you started watching them when you got older, Goldeneye is a great place. And I, um, so to listeners, listeners, <laughs> the two of
0: us, we are the two of us when we listen to this later.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm. I'm slightly younger than you by you know uh,
0: about 20 years you're about, 20 about 25 years than, 25 about, years younger
1: so enough of the age gap so i because you're 10 up.
0: you're 10 right now right i <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: oh <laughs> uh, and so you have i have a great beard for
0: a 10 year old
1: my parents gotta stop giving me those pills <laughs> <laughs> i so i grew up with james bond um you know, from you know, as early as I can remember, four or five years old, um, in the in the late '80s, um, my my parents were you know fans, but it, it was really a, a, you know I give all credit to my my papa, my grandpa, my dad's dad, who was so obsessed with the movies. He had every movie on Laserdisc, and he was just a really big fan. So my my font my Clearest memory of first movie I watched. I know it wasn't the first movie I watched because I'd watch them with them all the time. My mom hated it because you know, like you said, the sex and the violence. But my clearest memory is him sticking that huge <laughs> pizza-sized laser disc <laughs> into his mega-sized TV. And this is 1995, and it was incredibly huge for the time. And I and the opening. Uh, I don't know if it was a United Artists opening intro. It might have just been like the DVD, not DVD, like the LaserDisc intro. Like welcome to LaserDisc. It was like a helicopter <laughs> flying over buildings. Yeah. And like a helicopter, like explosion, like, LaserDisc. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be amazing. <laughs> and right after that, Goldeneye was cemented in my mind, cemented. As being like the greatest thing I've ever seen, and shortly did you after first that,
0: watched this on LaserDisc. Just to clarify, yes, yes, I okay. did not
1: see this in theaters. Okay. And shortly after that, that's what inspired me. Uh, you know, I, of course, watching all the rest of the movies. I went as James Bond for Halloween, <clears throat> like three years in a row, like fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. And then I, <laughs> for Career Day, in <laughs> Central in. Middle school career day—you know everyone's dressing up in Doctor Scrubs and Fireman. I came as James Bond, <laughs> and I had explained to every teacher that, "No, I'm not a waiter. I'm a secret. I'm a secret agent working for MI6." <laughs> and they
0: were—you're so not really a great secret like, agent if you're having to explain it. Like actually, when they thought you were a waiter, you were doing better as a secret agent. <laughs>
1: I should have just kept that going and, like, pulled out my gun. And to uh, so anyway, so yeah, so we have two very different time periods of our lives that intersected with Goldeneye, and I, I like that. I like that we're doing this as our first movie.
0: Yeah. Well, so Goldeneye, um, I've rewatched it again here just uh, recently in order for us to talk about it, and uh, I seem I- you did as well. You yeah. were supposed to. I don't know if you did. I'm assuming I you did. I watched it
1: last night. Uh, and <laughs> make, My wife was not a fan of me watching it last night. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I have to watch this movie. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. Well, why do we have to watch it right now? Like, you don't understand. I work tomorrow. There's no way I'm going to watch the movie. Right, because you, so. you would not
0: watch a movie while you worked. That's not something you do. You're not that kind of guy.
1: <laughs> oh, little... Little do the listeners know. <laughs> they don't need to know that, Colin.
0: Okay. I yeah. Well, I didn't say anything about it. So, uh, anyways, Goldeneye. I watched it again, and uh, I, you know,
1: I, I just to clarify, listener, I, I'm aware. I think we're both aware of some of our feelings about this movie. Like I'm, a, I'm aware of like your your thoughts when you first watched it a long time ago. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what. How you how you approached it watching it two nights ago? I think, I
0: think it's not a bad movie, but I also think it's not a great movie. And 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 my problem with it, my overall problem with it, and I think there was no real way around it, is that they were trying to sell it too hard, or, or they're trying to like uh, lay the groundwork for explaining and resetting the stage for Bond when mm-hmm. they probably had to to some extent but there's a lot of uh dialogue that is very expository where uh the the Sean Bean character is there's these little throwaway lines where he's saying things to Bond of like you know does that silence the voices of the women you didn't save and and, <laughs> I and <love> that line. <laughs> Sorry, it's so cheesy, but I love it. And okay. then the the uh, even at the beginning of the movie when he's doing the uh, I would say almost nearly absurd car chase with Famke Jansen's character, and he's in the car with the the therapist or the whatever she is psychologist. Money Penny. No, not Money Penny.
1: Oh, the okay. Oh, the the beginning car chase.
0: The beginning car chase. Did you? I thought you said you watched it.
1: No, I didn't. I, I was. No, I was zoning out. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> the ther like the therapist, counselor, therapist, or whatever she was there to evaluate James. And there's like a couple of lines there, and then that gets brought up when he's talking to M. And it's like, you know, you're a Cold War misogynistic dinosaur, and all these things that like they're having to say this is the way it was in order to set the stage for where they want to take it. Yeah. And some of that doesn't it doesn't feel like it holds up now because i don't know if they really went that direction with the franchise
1: well they sure as heck didn't right after goldeneye that's for sure like the movies in my opinion took a took a steep dive after goldeneye or the brosnan movies at least hey, we're not talking because about I, those. we're not talking about those no 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 i'm not i'm not but I, I I agree that there was with Goldeneye, they did have to set the stage again. They did have to almost relaunch Bond for a whole new audience, a whole new generation, because it had been six years. Like you said, the Cold War is over. This is the first post-Cold War movie. This is the first movie not based on Ian Fleming's works. Uh, this is you know a new Bond. So every time there's a new Bond, I feel like you know they have to. Do some something like that to you know create an identity with them, and I thought they did a pretty, probably as good of a job as they could have done without totally rebooting the entire series. You know, I think the style, the stylistic choices they made, um, were were well done. I thought, um, you know, Golny is much darker, it's grittier right from the beginning. It's boom, it's action, it's in your face, and it's you know, Bond movies are always very reflective of their times. That's what I love about the franchise. You can you can tell if a movie is made in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or current based on how Bond is portrayed, based on how the action feels. And GoldenEye is very much an action movie. Um, but yet yeah, it's very uh, true to so many key Bond elements. Um, uh you know there's there's so it's just such such classic bond uh you know with the, the casino and the gambling and, <clears throat> and the women and the and the villain and the russians and and everything but yet it is revamped and i and i I liked the post cold war story about it because you know it's still still in people's minds. Um, it's still very fresh, and I st- I think there's, you know, a lot of people wondering, you know, is it really over? Is there There's still a lot of questions out there. Can we really trust Russia? And I thought it was a very natural way to go about it.
0: And I think people are still asking that question today, you know, can we trust Russia?
1: Especially since they're questioning whether or not we give the president Super Bowl rings. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so I, I really appreciate that, and I always put myself, like, while watching a movie, how how did that audience view it at the time? And, because it's so easy right now to look to look back at it, and yes, Goldeneye is dated. Yes, every Bond movie is dated. Um, you know, 20 years from now, am I going to look at Skyfall? Well, Skyfall's not a good example because it's so old-fashioned, but, you know, like, Die Another Day, it already seemed ridiculous the year it came out, but... 20 years from now, yeah, I'm going to think all those movies are very dated. But GoldenEye, I I feel like as far as technology and gadgets and all that stuff, was very smart the way they did it.
0: Yeah, I would would say in some ways, GoldenEye doesn't feel all that dated. It's got a relatively classic plot going on, although there are some things I don't like about how they get there. Um, in the beginning, like there's a lot of happenstance and a lot of like Bond is just like, where is Bond at the beginning where he just happens to run into Famke Janssen's character and she just happens to be like, he just happens to run into her at the casino. And then he's like, it just, there's a lot of things that was like, he just happens to stumble upon some of this stuff and then it becomes the plot of the movie that I thought was a little, uh, rough. But other than that, like it's it was explained. yeah, other than that it was <laughs> like uh well, it was a good classic thing of like there's especially and it was a good cold like post cold war thing of like there's these factions in in uh, in Russia who are still wanting to use the technology and foster the Cold War but turn it into uh, um like the whole idea of Alex Trevelyan's plot is, you know, it's not even really about destroying uh using it as a weapon, but like wiping things yeah. out and then he's got like all this <laughs> Money, you know, I think Bond calls him on it it's like, Revenge. "You're just, you're just a, well, revenge." But then you're just a, a thief. In the end of the day, you're just a bank robber.
1: Yeah, and I I, lo- I love that about Alex's character because, so, you know, so many Bond villains are. It's it's always bigger, better. Every every movie is trying to one up the past movie. And, you know, how many times can there be nuclear threats? How many times is the world going to be in danger? And we we think that going to Goldeneye, but we really these villains are so simplistic. These villains are so juvenile that all he really wants is a bunch of money and, uh, and to get revenge for his parents' death. And it seems, it seems very fitting to his character. You know, I, I, I like that about him.
0: Yeah. And I thought, uh, cause I had done a rewatch of all the bond films back a few years ago. And, uh, you know, when I first watched golden eye, um, the reveal of like you know alex trevelyan is 006 at the beginning and he gets um it's seemingly killed off and then he shows up and he's actually still alive yeah. and he's the, the villain and uh so since i had only seen because i hadn't seen any bond movies before um that it didn't come off as trite or anything that like one of his friends is turned out to be a bad guy but when i when i re-watched all the films in uh i think it was 08 um i was surprised to see that something that the Bond movies didn't really do that much, actually. Yeah. That's So that is something that, like, it took them about, what, is that this is movie 17 or 16? 16, 16 or 17? So, I think 17. So. It took them 17 movies to really get to that. So I that was, that was actually, it's a kind of impressive thing that they waited that long before ever doing the Your Friend Went
1: Bad plot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, that, that's funny that you say that. I, I mean, maybe, maybe that's why I it. It seems so simple. Like, why wouldn't Bond ever interact with other agents more often? You know, even in MI6, you never really Bond was. He's always perceived as the agent, the one and only agent, because he. I mean, obviously, he's solving every world crisis. Um, so it was interesting seeing what another agent who seemingly has just as big an, of an ego as Bond, how they would interact, and it was fun for a while. Um, going back and re rewatching GoldenEye I, I found so many links to Skyfall that I just wasn't expecting or I had forgotten about as far as the other agents and another agent turning bad um, and being really bitter toward MI6 making fun of M uh, bitter toward England and not only that but the whole idea of uh, virtual terrorism and how uh, M in Goldeneye says Bond is a relic of the of the Cold War, and that's such a huge theme in Skyfall. You know, how does a person, how does a person like James Bond fit in modern day?
0: So you're saying and- Goldeneye ripped Skyfall off? <clears throat> is what you're saying? No,
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I thought I think it's it, it was just like just touching on that deeper subject of like the character of Bond, like what is his relevancy in this world. And Skyfall, I felt just honed that so much more, and uh, made turned that whole theme into the movie. And in Gold Knight, I, think that comes out with Boris and um, and James Bond. Whereas at the very end, when Boris is recalibrating the the satellite, and Bond simply takes a a metal bar <laughs> and sticks jams it into a gear and jams the satellite from you know getting back into uh position and that's it's so simple but you know it's how somebody like him can beat technology. Yeah. And, and you know that leads up to so many of the Bond movies after Goldeneye. I, I think it was a good jumping off point.
0: Yeah, I think so. What are your uh, favorite scenes in the movie? Oh favorite scenes? Uh, the
1: well so many. But the the opening, I absolutely love this opening it may be my favorite opening in all james bond movies just because it is there's no explanation there's no context uh there's no introduction of bond you know in a normal setting it's him starting as he's running onto that dam and that damn jump just goes on forever ever i love it and then boom right into the military base and with 006 you know oh there's two agents and the way he gets out, and the, motorci- the the insane motorcycle jump into the plane. That,
0: that is that, uh, that might be going too I, far for me. Because like I, I was, everything up until that, that point, that. I'm like, I love. I, love, I mean, I, I love that scene where he's like, the like, uh, Irmoff is like, "Don't shoot! Don't shoot the canisters!" And so funny. Bond's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I know how I'm gonna get over there." And he like just starts wheeling the canisters like, on the cart. <laughs> behind the card and uh that thing is that seems hilarious and then from that point on it gets absurd where he's like trying to get on the plane and he's pulling the plane up just in time and i mean it's classic bond but to me that like harkens back to the to the roger Moore, a little bit more zany yeah hokey era and not the like this could actually happen kind of realism it definitely,
1: it definitely straddles that line of like realism like it, there, you know they're scenes where it's just super realistic and incredibly well shot and then there are hokey things like that and uh, you know that that goes along with the the tank chasing well which yeah I was gonna bring is that phenomenal, up. yeah it's which is phenomenal so I uh, is that is that your favorite scene I think
0: so and, and for a couple of reasons one I, I'm not a huge fan of this score the score of this movie. It's got. I mean, it's very mid '90s synthesizer very kind of sound. Industrial. It's very industrial. And uh, and it, I guess it's I guess it's all right, but uh, you know, it's it's not a Bond. It doesn't really feel very Bondian. It, it feels very video gaming, which maybe explains why the <laughs> Nintendo sixty four. I don't know. Maybe it has nothing to do with that, but like the Nintendo sixty four game was very popular, and uh, <clears throat> so. I guess you know, like later on, they were realizing that that um, that music wasn't working for that scene, so they brought in another guy to kind of help compose it and give it you know the classic Bond feel with the brassiness. And so as they're doing the archive chase, and then he gets out and he does the the tank chase scene, that's all that brings back in that very you know, the big brass yeah. and everything. So yeah. there's that, and then yeah, the fact that he's 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 got a tank and he's just driving around town chasing after these guys driving through buildings and driving under statues and rolling over cars I, I love that and i think that was as a an initial viewer back in 95 i was like that's i like this guy this guy is doing whatever it takes to get yeah. things done and that's what i like about bond
1: see i i think that scene works and with especially with that music cuz i see i think it was intentional because that scene is throwback bond you know that is when you watch that scene that is straight up James Bond using whatever the hell he needs to you know to get the bad guy and i i agree with you i think i thought it was a perfect choice for that scene and it works so well and if the rest of the movie had had that kind of music music the classic score then that that scene definitely wouldn't wouldn't have stood out as much as it does yeah no
0: that actually um, wasn't i don't know if it was an intentional thing cuz there was an original track that still had that other so, okay. so, if you listen to the, um, the, the movie score, there is. Um, we, can, we can actually maybe put it in right here. There is a. During the tank chase scene, there was a different original track, and they replaced it
1: later on because oh, it wasn't working. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. That's a cool little tidbit. I, that, I didn't know. So and now you brought- we learned something. We brought something
0: to the table. People learned You're something. You're welcome, listeners.
1: <laughs> you brought up the video game, and it's so it's so hard to talk about Goldeneye without talking about the video game and its impact. And I I told you, for listeners that, you know, we're waiting to find out how I knew it was 1995, because I I was thinking about Goldeneye, the video, 007, the video game, and I was looking up some info on it just to, just to see some stats of how you know, popular it was and everything. It says it was 1997. I was like, oh wow that seems late so okay i cannot believe it came out two years after goal night because in my mind the video game and the movie are just they, they mold into each other uh-huh. because when i because the video game is at the time is so expansive and so it was realistic and followed the plot almost uh identically and you playing as Bond that you just saw in this movie, that was just the coolest thing to me. And, you know, it really revolutionized uh, first-person shooter games and multiplayer modes and everything. And that, that game was, you know, it's one of Nintendo's most popular games ever. And I think that really cemented Goldeneye, you know, for a whole new generation, for a whole new audience that may have never really been interested in Bond movies before. And that's why I think Goldeneye will always stick out when talking about Bond movies, um, you know, forever, I think Gold and I will always stick out as being one of the most popular, one of the most well-received movies. Probably a lot to do with the video game. And that's, I think that's really cool and really unique, you know, uh, just in, for movies in general mm-hmm. um, that have such a popular game to go with it. Yeah, I think so.
0: that game too had um, guest stars from other, movies and yes like jaws and odd job and other characters yeah. might have been in it like as little hidden hidden yeah. skins or something like that
1: and yeah that there's so many cheats and like the you only live twice mode and you could have the golden gun that's right yeah. and you know lots of different things like, it's really well done
0: i like yeah. those throwbacks in the game where it's you know and that's a whole other topic for discussion some other time yeah, yeah. We do a whole show on this but the idea that Pierce Brosnan's bond is the same character as Dalton's bond is the same as Moore's bond is the same as yeah. Connery's. that uh, to me is fascinating uh, because because of the t- you know the age range of the you know the, the big time range that, that exists um, mm-hmm. but uh, but I think I like that because saying this you know Goldeneye and Pierce Brosnan and this character is the same it is all, yeah, all the history tri- matters we're not throwing it away it exists and that the game kind of did that
1: yeah it was a, it was a great tribute i thought and that brings up an interesting point about bond about there's always this unspoken thing about you know when they switch actors does that mean the the history of that actor's movies is with the character do, do we actually believe this character has got, lived through all these missions but stays young you know what, how how is an audience are we supposed to understand what this story, what the backstory, you know, before actually is, and they touch on that in Goldeneye several times. As, you know, as you said with Alec, he always mentions, you know, is this is this girl just another one of your um, girls? I forget the exact quote, but they they talk about their missions before and
0: well, there have been it, nine yeah. years that had passed between yeah. Yeah, so Trevelyan dying and but but they, but like you are saying, like there had been a history, a pre existing history between Bond and Trevelyan, exactly. So yeah, so there have been something. You can,
1: you can assume that Pierce Brosnan's Bond had been doing this for you know at least ten years during um, Timothy Dalton's Bond movie. So it's really interesting.
0: Well, I, for that matter, that. nine years before Gold Knight, he should have been Roger Moore
1: running around with Alec Trevelyan. You're right. Because when was uh, when was uh, Dalton's first movie? It was like 87, 87. 86, 87. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that would have been Roger Moore. <laughs> Roger Moore, which yeah. kind of which kind of makes sense because I mean, I I love Pierce Brosnan as Bond. He may, you know, it's it's so hard for me to pick like a favorite, but I lo- I think Pierce Brosnan is great, and I think this is his best movie. And it he's a great mix of Roger Moore's like suave and uh, just being like a, a good ladies man and having like that uh, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of um, he's got he's got some swag to him and some charm that I think Roger Moore brought to the table more so than being an action star mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. whereas like Dalton and even Sean Connery is a better action star than uh, Roger Moore was and Bond definitely brings it to the pr- brings it to a new generation of action movies um, it, I mean it naturally the actor had to be capable of doing that sort of thing Yeah. Uh, so he was a good mix I love that about
0: him. well uh, you did bring up the whole ladies thing so I, I feel like we haven't really delved into this and so I think we should before we wrap up female characters? there were a couple of uh, <laughs> female characters Sorry, I just offended every female <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. well neither you nor I are females so I don't think you offended anybody all right, all right, you're right. <laughs> uh, first off, uh, mm-hmm. Judy Dench. I, I will talk about her again in future episodes because she is in uh, what six, yes. seven other six other Bond movies. But she does a great job here. As uh, you know, she's got a great screen presence. She does a great job at at being a character who can put Bond in his place. I think that's something that M always has to be able to do, and she does it wonderfully. And sets the stage very nicely here. I like how they set up this whole. She's an accountant, or she runs numbers and she <laughs> runs things like like via stats and scenarios and things. And I don't feel like they ever really touched on that in the other Bond, uh, the Brosnan movies again. But but that aside,
1: um, yeah, I thought. I mean, I I love Judi Dench in all the movies, and I think she's uh, the most memorable M and she actually makes a character, a character memorable and her being at making Emma and M a woman was brilliant. And I think it really plays well with, uh, who James Bond is. And I thought it was definitely needed, you know, in the nineties have a strong female character in these stories rather than just a romantic interest. Yeah. Um, definitely. And Judy Dench was, a, you know, spot on casting. Yeah. And I, I, I love that she stuck with all the movies through all the years. Um, know bravo to her
0: yeah for sure um and then the like the more traditional bond girls you know you had uh famka jansen playing the bad girl bad bond girl because i guess the the classic formula there's usually two yeah usually usually two one turns out to be bad one turns out to be (laughs) good and so yeah famka jansen's playing the xenia on a top character
1: talk about another throwback good lord
0: she, well yeah they I think you really got away from the crazy names for a while I think and then they they got way they went back to it with her and I don't think they've really done too many since her but the whole uh,
1: straight up with a twist
0: but <laughs> the, 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 the you know the crazy names for the the female characters and she's uh, yeah she's real over the top classic um she does a good job and then uh Isabel Scropo or something I don't know I
1: you oh. Yeah, that's that's pretty good, I guess. As uh, Na- oh Natalia,
0: Natalia, Natalia yeah, yeah. Uh, she's fine. She's a fine, uh, she's very pretty,
1: and she's. I mean, most Bond girls are, and yeah, Natalia was a little, a little forgettable. I I felt like I was always a little, a little annoyed with the romantic relationship in this in this movie, just because the rest of it is so. Well done. And you know, most most Bond romances are so forced anyway, that's the whole idea, is that he goes from girl to girl in every movie. But uh, again in this movie it didn't it didn't really fail that you know it felt a little forced and most Bond girls are throwaway characters, I feel like. Usually.
0: Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, most that's of the time. that's how it is. Sorry.
1: Sorry, Bond girls. But um Okay, so bond cars because i i have thoughts on the bond cars in this movie or bond tech um well first thoughts?
0: yes i love the look of the z3 and it is a crime that that thing never got to do anything but drive them to <laughs> like where well, i can't really like drove like maybe Cuba. two yeah. two feet in the car <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I actually have sitting on my desk a little like diecast Johnny Lightning of oh, the do you? Z3 and the Aston Martin. That's and, so funny, and because uh, I, I, the car is great, it's like, just a great looking car, but it never does anything.
1: I that's so funny because okay, when the movie came out and I saw the Z3, I saw the, the baby blue Z3, Goldeneye, it it has since been. Like you asked me what my favorite car is. Like if I bought, if I could buy any car in the world, I would tell you BMW Z three <laughs> from Goldeneye, because that. Oh, I agree. I loved it. I just as it, you know, I just fell in love with the look of it. I thought it was so cool looking. And then even later on, like the Z four or something, I just, it just kept getting better and better. And um, it is. It's so sad because they hype. I felt like it was just one big commercial. They. Q spends like two minutes showing all the gadgets on it and and then they they show uh, the shot in Cuba when they're driving. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, what are they going to do? I see an airplane coming. Oh, here, <laughs> some, something cool is going to happen. And then the plane lands and they stop the car. And I'm like, oh, what?
0: <laughs>
1: Come on.
0: Yeah, I guess the whole product placement thing came late enough that they couldn't develop anything for it. But I'm like, still, I'm like, How did you... I don't know. How did you...
1: At least we got a a cool Aston Martin little car chase at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. But, oh man, that Z3, it's a shame. That's like... That is my single biggest gripe with Goldeneye, is not having... You know, setting up the Z3 and then not using it at all.
0: Yeah, well, and then I would... Because then I thought, alright, well, they're setting it up in Goldeneye, they'll use it in the next one, and then they don't even... It doesn't even show up, and so that's my single biggest gripe with that movie, but... We're not talking about that movie. We
1: we aren't even naming names. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> oh, that's funny.
0: All right. Well, uh, Goldeneye is what we talked about in this episode, and and I don't really want to get into the whole ranking thing because I feel like it's hard, and every time, every day, you could feel like it's a different. I you could rank things differently. I but, agree, but- and
1: especially especially since we're going out of order. Yes,
0: we are going out of order, but I I, I do want to Spoilers. ask. I think that, at least from my standpoint, when I rank these things, I can say there's probably three groups. There's the group in the top. These are my, you know, these I think these third of the yeah. movies are the best. These third are in the middle, and these third are in the bottom. Yeah, which third? You know, where would you kind of place it?
1: Oh, the top. The top. It's okay. it's if we're talking thirds, Goldeneye is definitely top, and I I'm not gonna. Give it a number or anything, especially since I'm revisiting these movies. I don't want to have that preset number or anything, but it's it'll always be in my top, uh, just because of the nostalgia aspect. And I think I really do love the jumping off point, and I love Brosnan, and I, I think it'll it'll always stick in my mind um, there at the top.
0: I'm gonna say middle. I'm gonna say middle for me. Okay. Um, you know, and I don't. I don't know, Maybe it's a high middle. Uh, but I just think there are other ones that wind up beating it out. Fair enough.
1: So. Fair enough. No, that's that's good. I'm glad. I, li- I like that we don't agree on
0: everything. Yeah, I know. We agreed on a lot of stuff on this episode, and I'm a little disappointed, I got to tell you. I was a little disappointed we agreed on the BWZ3. I kind of want to throw
1: this car away now. Don't don't throw it away. <laughs> don't throw it away. Send it to me at least. <laughs> no, I'm going to
0: throw, no, that, me- throw it away just to spite you.
1: That makes me want to go down to my basement and pull out my uh, Aston Martin uh, Hot Wheels car that I've had since I was a little
0: kid. Yeah, yeah, I have an Aston Martin here. They're sitting next to each other.
1: Oh, that's, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. I think so.
0: All right, well, next, okay. next episode, if there is a next episode, we are going to cover a different James Bond movie. And as you already alluded to, we are doing these out of order. Aaron, yes. what's the next movie we're covering?
1: Live and let die. Live and let die. So we're going back in time. So uh, you can expect us to kind of bounce around these movies, um, give some variation, so we don't, you know, just get swamped with all older movies. And I think it'll give us some good uh, perspective as we bounce around. um, uh, You know what? what works, what doesn't work. Um, how, how are these movies all kind of related? Um, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun or at least it'll be fun for us. And I, I haven't seen live or let die in a very long time. So I'm excited. I am
0: not excited, ah. but that is for another episode. Okay. Well, Aaron it was a good talk and we'll talk about uh, live and let die next time.
1: Sounds good.
0: All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network.